What's tapping out there, podcasters? Welcome to Tahoe Tap. Normally, we're chock full of events and entertainment and adventures in the outdoors, but due to the outbreak, of course, we don't have much to talk about in that world, but we do have a very significant person here. I love this subject. It's Mark Twain, the living, breathing Mr. McAvoy Lane that lives in Incline Village. Rob Galloway and myself, Mike Perrin, will be kicking it off here in 15 seconds. You're going to love this one. Tao Tap is backed by the Tao Daily Tribune and Sierra Sun. Follow online, around the world, every day for breaking news and articles or pick up a print edition every Friday at the lake or in Truckee. TaoDailyTribune.com and SierraSun.com. Welcome back, everyone, and we have a very special tap edition of our podcast. Thanks for joining us. You see us here live with Rob Galloway, and on our show today, we have Samuel Longhorn Clements. Some of you might be thinking, who the hell is that? (laughs) (laughs) You you can see him down there. You might recognize him. It's Mark Twain, of course, and if you live in or have visited Lake Tahoe, You might know him at the grocery store as McAvoy Lane. For over 30 years now, our guest has kept the wit and wisdom alive of the esteemed wild humorist of the Pacific Slope. He does it so well. Over the past 30 years, he's been seen on the Discovery Channel, the Biography Channel, and he's finally built up enough clout to make it right here. (laughs) finally you've made it there mac Uh, no disrespect to any of our previous guests but i am i'm really really happy about this one it's going to be you know one of our more superior interviews because of just the the in-depth knowledge that we're going to get regarding this year in nevada uh through the eyes of mark twain so gonna have a lot of fun with this one bouncing back and forth with rob myself and the man the myth the legend Mr. McAvoy Lane. You hanging in there, sir? It's so good to see your faces. I cannot tell you how glad I am. (laughs) And it is because you you said before we started this, you've been talking to the Blue Jays for ages now with this isolation thing, right? Well, I walk to the lake to commune every day and I have two Blue Jays, Tom and Huck, I call them, (laughs) that follow me along and they beg for the Blue Jay story. Okay, all right. Every day. They can't get enough of it. They've heard it about 60 times now. (laughs) I'm sure they have. I'm sure they have. All right, well, we're going to get right into this Q&A session here. And I want to first know how, you know, you picked your pen name, Mark Twain, from or instead of Samuel Clemens. Well, I had a couple of names before Mark Twain, Mike. E. Panamondus Adrastus Blab. Didn't sound so good. No. <laughs> Sometime later, I took Thomas Jefferson Snodgrass. That didn't sound good either. Okay. <laughs> but we would go over to the corner saloon for a restorative to sweeten the bilge waters a little. 
And John Piper had the corner saloon. He was a very gracious proprietor. He had a board behind the bar, it was a chalkboard. And on occasion, he would mark a credit for his favorite customers, which I'm proud to say I was one. And it got to be such a good thing that no sooner would I walk through those swinging doors of the corner saloon with one of my drinking companions, than a regular would shout out, Mark Twain. And John Piper would mark two on the board behind the bar. <laughs> now you know the truth. I love oh, it. Oh, that's fantastic. It. That's such a cool story. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I, you know, moving on from that question, when we talk about about Lake Tahoe, I'm sure I'm, I don't know the exact year that uh, that you spent some time in and around Lake Tahoe. It had to be late 1800s, I would imagine, but. You know, we're all consumed with the Lake Clarity, what it, you know, what that is nowadays. I have to imagine it was crazy clear uh, when you got there. So what was the Lake Clarity like in Tahoe for Mark Twain? Well, Rob, you could count the scales on a cutthroat trout at 80 feet. <laughs> I had a forest ranger question me on that <laughs> fact the other night, only because she said a lake trout doesn't have any scales. <laughs> So I've learned not to tell fish stories where they know you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my oh man! I didn't know this is good. This is great. I mean, Mark Twain's always—I yeah, mean—he's got plenty of wit and comedy about him. But man, I just find myself chuckling. And that's, <laughs> this is this is true stuff here. I, I love it. I love it, Max. So tell me, tell me how you almost burnt down the entire Tahoe Basin. Um, to the stumps uh, with that that supposed fire. Well, I'm a little embarrassed to share this with you, but Kenny and I started a little campfire that galloped away <laughs> and up the ridge line until the whole ridge line was ablaze. We had to take to the water for our safety. <laughs> but now you must remember. Back then, every 10 to 20 years, a low-grade fire, a low-intensity fire crept through this conifer forest. Even the animals were able to outrun it. So I like to take credit for the first prescribed burn here in the Tahoe Basin. Please hold your applause. <laughs> were you just trying to keep warm? Were you trying to cook food? Any, any details to that? or just Well, you know, was, we were just trying to get our coffee going, actually. Okay. But it was a floor fire. I have to tell you, it was a floor fire. But a floor fire will not sell a book. No. Absolutely. So in roughing it, I made it a wildfire. <laughs> right, complete right. with an illustration of us taking to the water. <laughs> I got that right here. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> beautiful. We'll talk about that here in a little bit. We got a little bit, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I, I imagine there's there's not a whole lot of folks that, that know that Mark Twain uh, had been a riverboat captain. And, you know, what I want to know is, does your experience or did your experience as a riverboat captain, did that ever make you want to take the reins of the MS Dixie? Take it for a little joy ride? Uh, what are your thoughts there? I have been at the wheel of the MS Dixie. Oh, all right. So it's not even a real question. It's something that's happened. You know, and she is so beautiful. And the queen was beautiful too. 
God rest her soul. <laughs> but I had 13 wonderful summers going into Emerald Bay twice a day, six days a week on the Dixie and the Queen. And the only bad day I had, I wasn't on board when it happened, but we used to marry people on the Dixie occasionally on a Saturday. And I had Saturdays off, so I didn't see this. But the crew could not wait to tell me about it. The bride went up into the wheelhouse to make last minute preparations before going out onto the bow to get married. And I used to keep a can of frosty white hairspray up there in the wheelhouse. Sometimes it gets windy, you know, and I'd go to another engagement as a brunette. <laughs> well, this poor girl, she glanced up and thought it was her lucky day because she saw hairspray. But she didn't read the fine print frosty white and she just closed her eyes and battened down the hatches well, there's no mirrors up there and the dixie so she had no idea what she'd done and out she stepped well the crew told me that the, uh, they had to stuff napkins in their mouths to keep the laughter down because the groom thought she turned into her mother up there in the wheelhouse <laughs> and she's still looking for me I bet she is. Well, we'll 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 get your address out there here on the on the <laughs> World Wide Web here soon, so she can finally <laughs> pay her dues. <laughs> I, I got an easy toss-up one here for you, uh, as Mark Twain. Um, what was your favorite spot to write, and why? Bed. Oh. <laughs> okay. No explanation needed. Yeah, I mean a lot of a lot of great thoughts happen there, right? And and oh, plus whenever I get the urge to exercise, I go lie down somewhere till it passes away. <laughs> <laughs> All right, touche, touche. All right. Well, and and I don't know if you if you know this, I'm sure you don't know this, but I grew up in Calaveras County, so I spent most of my life in Calaveras County. And that was actually where you wrote your famous uh, celebrated jumping frog of Calaveras County. And I've actually stepped foot in the cabin that you have there that's, uh, that's over by Maloney's Reservoir. I, I, I don't believe there was a reservoir there when, when that was happening. It's actually quite smaller than, um, than what I would have anticipated the cabin uh, being. But my question is, you know, when you talk about stories and, and, you know, that one's most profound in Calaveras County because that's, you know, the fair, the county fair is named after that. Um, but what story of yours did you find to be your best work? Well, that little story about the frog launched my career as an author. So I'm really fond of that little story. It was in Jim Gillis's cabin up on Jackass Hill, which was so named before I got there. <laughs> in Tuolumne County and I heard that story it was raining one day we couldn't work so we went down into the camp Angels camp and I was in a saloon there that I heard this old prospector with a beard down to here tell us a story about a frog and we were so happy to have him share this story with us because it dragged our troubles away from our thoughts which is the healthiest thing a body can do we don't take enough time to do that nowadays especially nowadays and I like that little story so when I got back up to Jim Gillis's cabin I embroidered it 
And when I published the celebrated jumping frog of Calaveras County in book form with some other sketches, I dedicated that frail little book to John Smith. <laughs> hoping every John Smith in America would purchase a copy and they did. And that launched my career as an author. My lucky day. Oh man. It seems like you had quite a few lucky days <laughs> throughout throughout your tenure there. Uh talk about some of your characteristics and maybe the one of the worst, one of the best characteristics you had throughout your lifetime. Well, I had two powerful ambitions. One to be a riverboat captain and two to be a preacher of the gospel. Well, I accomplished the one, but failed in the other because I could not supply myself with the necessary stock in trade, religion. So I wrote to my brother in 1866, I have had a call to literature of a low order, humorous, to excite the laughter of God's creatures. And 150 years later, 2016, four years ago now, America minted her first coin for literature, the Mark Twain commemorative coin. The only thing our 114th Congress could get together on. And that is probably my best characteristic is making America smile. And my worst, I'm sorry you asked Mike, but <laughs> I will confess to you, I stole unintentionally and accidentally, and I wish I could take it back. I stole my wife's faith by <laughs> saying silly little things like, remember Livy, what the schoolboy said, faith is, faith is believing what you know ain't so. Things like that, you know, that I'm saying sarcastically and with some satire. And, and she, but she took them to heart. And when she needed her faith at the end, she didn't have it. If there was somebody that could just absolutely crush an interview, it's Mark Twain, right? <laughs> With that, what's your, what's your strength and your weakness question? That's yeah. it right there. You stole your wife's faith. Right on. I'm going to let Rob take over a couple more questions regarding Twain. And then I want to dig into McAvoy and Lane a little bit, but a couple more fun questions. <laughs> Who's that guy? That's Wait, what? <laughs> well, you, know, you, you have one of the most, uh, well, you have many uh, memorable quotes. And I think a lot of people know the quote that the reports of my death are greatly exaggerated. I think a lot of people have heard that before, but I think a lot of people also don't know the backstory behind that. So can you, you give us that backstory about, you know, how that actually happened? Oh, sure. I remember that. I was, it was 1897. I was in London. And somehow a rumor got started in New York that I had died. So a newspaper there in New York sent a reporter with the instruction from the editor. If sick, send 500 words. If dead, 1,000. <laughs> well, the reporter located me, found me, and, and found out I was in perfect health. And he was so overjoyed we had a drink, and he 
confess to me what his assignment was. And once I heard that, of course, what was I going to say? But go back to your editor and tell him the reports of my death have been greatly exaggerated. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. That's perfect. <laughs> you know, it, you know it, I have to tell you, I got to introduce a new brand of whiskey, speaking of London, uh, a couple of years ago uh, at the... Um, Oh, we were at a five-star hotel there across from BBC. Anyway, they sent me home with a bottle of it. I wish I still had it. I'd share it with you. <laughs> I I wouldn't mind it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, one of the, one of the other things that uh, as as we were getting ready for for this conversation, and I didn't really realize it either, but you have a a somewhat strange association with Haley's Comet. What is that association with Haley's Comet? I do. I came into the world with Halley's, 1835. Halley's was lighting up the sky. And I made it a goal of mine to go out with Halley's Comet. And the Almighty must have said in 1835, well, here are these two indefinable freaks. <laughs> these two unaccountable frauds, Halley's Comet and Mark Twain. They came in together. And they must go out together. Wow. <laughs> because it was in April of 1910 that Halley's Comet raced across the heavens again. And I wrote it out the day after the perihelial passage. <laughs> but please, Mike, Rob, try to remember, so long as Providence has its eye on you, you're not likely to go before your time comes. So don't worry about that. Enjoy your lives. Have a good time. You don't have to worry about hanging when you know you're going to die by drowning. <laughs> you, got some, <laughs> you got some good stuff going on here today. So heavy and so light. That's yeah. But I would like to encourage you to put something out there. You know, Ad Adams did it and Jefferson, they put out there 50 years from the signing of the Declaration of Independence. And they died on that day, both of them together. I mean, not together, but apart. If you put something out there you want to see, you'll see it. So I encourage you to do that, whether it's a graduation of your grandchild or I don't care what it is. Put it out there now, way out there, and you'll get there. That's, Love it. Those are, those are great words, especially for the time that we're in, I think. <laughs> yeah, totally. it's really important. Mm -hmm. Hey, uh, Mac, I want to talk about you here in Lake Tahoe and how people can find out more, get involved. I mean, you have such a depth of knowledge and you're so authentic. Uh, you know, I, I want to first let people know how people can find out more um, about Mark Twain. You, you've had a museum. It's shifted around a little bit up in Incline Village. Talk about that and how people can, can inspire themselves a little bit. Well, we've been having some fun with an evening with Mark Twain here at Lane Haven. So I've got a gallery downstairs with some wonderful treasures that I just love to share with people. And we can handle up to six people here. We have a couple hours together and they bring a beverage of choice, and I supply the glasses that say, I drank with the ghost of Mark Twain. 
and we just have a real low-key conversational evening. I always learn something. I always have to pinch myself when they leave because here I am, I'm home. And sometimes if there are more than six people, I will go to them. Right. I've done 19 people and a dog was my record. <laughs> We've got some of those uh, I drink with Mark Twain glasses ourselves. <laughs> right? Oh, good. My father-in-law does. The one that gave me this book right here. So, oh. I mean, that, that's so much fun sharing a, a few fingers or 10 of whiskey yourself. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do it again, by golly. <laughs> what was uh what was one of the more prestigious or one of your personal favorite gigs that you were hired for to to impersonate mark twain well my very very favorite right here at lake tahoe of course lake of the sky amphitheater at taylor creek the visitor center 31 years ago they asked me to present mark twain there and We've done it every summer since. It's the only venue I've been to every, every year consistently. In fact, we're due there on the 26th of June, if we, can, if we can do it. And that will make 32 years in a row. Now, two years ago, to celebrate 30 years, I guess it was, yeah, okay. It was 30, yeah, 30 years, Smokey Bear, came out and took me to dinner yeah he did <laughs> what'd you guys have salmon <laughs> no we had to eat out of the dumpsters you know and smokey's fine oh. you got to go where smokey wants to go okay <laughs> but you haven't laughed or you've seen smokey bear try and drink a rum runner with his head <laughs> on at the beacon oh <laughs> that is gonna be the highlight of the show we're gonna take that quote yeah, you're going to pull that quote out and make sure. Yeah. That that, yeah. <laughs> my, my, my last question here, final one for this Q&A. We really, really appreciate your time. Uh, but, you know, we've golfed together. We've, we've shared some whiskey together and some many, many good memories. But I've never seen you break character. Do you even break character for your wife? Do you break, when, when do you, if you ever do? Well, I don't think I have a problem with that, but my friends tell me I do. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, fair enough. One life is not enough. I, I encourage <laughs> everybody to think about getting involved with Chautauqua, finding someone you admire and bringing that person to life. It gives you another life. Very well put. Was with Woodrow Wilson down in Bermuda. And I remember his turning to me on that beautiful fairway and saying, Sam, good sportsmanship is not picking up lost golf balls while they're still rolling. Well, I had a pocket full of them, yeah. <laughs> I want to thank you both for keeping the review going and we, small communities, we need our newspapers and I know times are tough for you right now and I admire what you do and for hanging tough in there and we're with you all the way. 
Yeah, well, we, I mean, it, this is one way that we are evolving with the times, just as you did back with the newspaper back in your days. I mean, we got we to gotta keep up with them, right, Rob? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, you, have, you have the, uh, the history of working at a newspaper as, uh, as Mark Tw- or Samuel Clemens, I guess it was at that point. But, uh, but yeah, um, you know, as we evolve, um, you evolved in your career, we'll evolve in ours, and we'll just, we'll just, keep, this, uh, we'll just keep this thing running. But I do want to say thank you so much for your time here today. I uh, really appreciate you, you giving it to me and Mike, and um, we had a lot of fun. This was good. Well, in my day, the super information highway was the Mississippi River. So this is a wonderful small step for man, but a giant leap for Mark Twain. Thank you for having me. <laughs> All right, guys. All right. Keep the paper coming. We will. We will. Thank you All guys right. for tuning in to the Tahoe Tap. We'll be back again with another special guest. And whoever that is, you got big pants, shoes, cigars, and books to fill (laughs) and ties don't forget ties man and the bow ties you guys better be wearing your bow ties whoever that next guest is next week thanks mac thanks guys aloha You're listening to the Tahoe Tap, brought to you by Crystal Bay Casino, locally owned and proud to present world-class entertainment, gambling, and dining. Stay and play with the CBC on the North Shore of Lake Tahoe. Find out more at crystalbaycasino.com.